who are the top 11 through 20 prospects for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. We're going to talk about that and more on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source for fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here with my co-host, as always, Matthew Ane. Yo. You can find us on all social media platforms and podcasting apps. Just search for Locked On Fantasy Baseball, and we'll be there. Please like, comment, subscribe and especially on YouTube, because we love talking fantasy baseball with you. On today's podcast, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about the top 11 through 20 prospects for the upcoming fantasy baseball season, finishing off where we started yesterday. If you guys didn't tune in yesterday, go back and watch uh, 1 through 10, and then come back here to get 11 through 20. But before we do that, I need to mention this episode is brought, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. So, uh, you know, can't bury the lead here as usual, Matt. Uh, first up is uh, somebody that you absolutely love, one of your boys. So go ahead, my brother, and take it away. All right. It's uh, Mr. Miguel Vargas. Uh, he's probably one of my favorite prospects this year, even though he's getting a lot of hate because of what he came out and did, even though I feel like he got ruined and he got dodgered a little bit. So, like, for instance, he got to play, like, two games in a row, absolutely murdered it, and then – was platooned and then said, okay, I'm not playing again. And then, okay, I'm playing. And then kid just couldn't get a, get a role. And that's really bad for a player that's trying to adjust to the bigs and just getting his first shot up there. And on top of that, I mean, the Dodgers have a great record of ruining guys once they get called up or platooning the living hell out of them. Now, the one thing that sucks about Vargas is his defense isn't fully there. So, like, they're not sure on the glove. And that's part of the reason why that was happening. It isn't just because they love ruining him. It's just the defense isn't great. Let me read off what he did in the minors in 2022. He had 438 at-bats, 100 runs, 32 doubles, 4 triples, 17 home runs, 82 ribbies, 16 stolen bases, and he batted 304. I mean, those numbers are absolutely solid. That translated when he came up to the bigs. He started looking like, hey, I'm the guy here. And again, like I said, it was just uh, you know, typical Dodger instincts for me. I think that he's going to be great. He's my number 10 prospect uh, for me. I love the guy absolutely 100%. Well, Matt, I'm pretty much in uh, tune with you over here. I love Miguel Vargas. You know, as you mentioned, last year he came out for those 18 games. He hit 170, struggled a little bit, struck out 13 times, walked twice. But once again, he was not playing every day. So that kind of, I think, stunted what he actually was going to do. But killed it down in the minors. Just every year he's been in the minors, he hit over 300. Uh, you know, he steals a couple of bases, and it looks like he might be getting the nod to start the season at second base here with the Dodgers. His defense is, you know, uh, not uh, one of his strong points, but I don't think the Dodgers would be pushing him to play 
uh, second base if they didn't think he could do it. The hit tool is real, you know, as a 65 hit tool. We mentioned it yesterday, but I will mention it again today. Uh, when we're talking prospects, we will mention that, uh, you know, they're, they're graded, the grading scale on prospects is 20 to 80. Uh, anything above 50 is above average, and anything below that is under average. So, like I said, Miguel Vargas has a 65 hit tool, 55 power. Uh, the run grade is average at about 50, but I think Miguel Vargas could still chip in some steals this year. He's absolutely a bargain uh, right now in fantasy drafts. He's going super, super late. And uh, I, I just think that he's somebody you should definitely target coming into your, uh, you know, your your drafts. And um, he's uh, he's somebody I'm looking at. I'm looking at. I want to see what's going on with him in spring training. And uh, I, that's about it. I also have him at um, my number 11 prospect. But uh, let's move on. Uh, coming up, we have Hunter Brown, and Hunter Brown is somebody that uh, I'm I'm very very high on. Matt, uh, you, you mind if I uh, talk a little Hunter Brown real quick? Yeah, buddy. All right, so uh, let's go for it here. With Hunter Brown, he actually came up last year for the Astros, and he looked every bit of the part. Um, let me get you his numbers here, so I could uh. A rant a little bit more about him and just how good Hunter Brown was. And before I do that, though, I will say this. If you put – I've seen um, slides or video put up Hunter Brown next to Justin Verlander and their release and their way they throw the ball is pretty much identical. So – and he's also, you know uh, – well, he did get to learn from Verlander uh, last year, not so much this year as Verlander moves on to the Mets. But last year, Hunter Brown had two starts, seven games overall. He um, had uh, an 0.89 ERA, 20 innings, 22 strikeouts, and he had a 108 whip. Now, the thing is, is Hunter Brown has shown us he can do it in the big leagues, right? And that's the thing. A lot of these prospects have not come up yet and shown, you know, that they can adapt to, you know, major league pitching. Hunter, I mean, a major league hitting Hunter Brown is somebody that has done that. I have him ranked very high, you know, compared to most prospect lists. Remember, you know, our rankings are based on a five by five head to head categories league, and it also works for Roto. I have Hunter Brown as my uh, number 10 uh, prospect overall, and I'm just I'm drafting him everywhere this season. Yeah, Brown looks like he's going to be an absolute stud. I can't really say much more. You pretty much covered him outside of the fact he's my 14th prospect. Um, you know, I just when it comes to. My prospects, if you've noticed from yesterday's episode and today, my um, pitchers are usually valued lower for me only because there's a less of a chance of them hitting, whereas batters, they can translate faster and give you a better result. Um, so that's why you'll see like Hunter Brown, who's an absolute stud, be my 14th because we just don't know what the possibilities are. But anyway, let's move on. We got somebody that's really young, really nice, and somebody that I'm really excited for when they finally do get the call. As Mr. Jackson Holiday, um, you probably recognize the last name, uh, son of an M- MLB great, and Matt you know, Holiday, Mr. Matt, Matt Holiday, yes, sir. And it looks like he's rubbing off on him. You know, I I can't really say much other than I I can't wait to see him actually play. Uh, he was drafted what this year, the first overall pick, and you know what? He just he looks 2022. really twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Well, that's the last draft that happened. So. And his little appearance in the minors for, you know, um, rookie ball and A and Delta Carolina and whatnot. Between the two, he had uh, 64 at-bats, 14 runs, five doubles, a home run, nine ribbies. He struck out only 12 times, which is actually pretty nice. He batted 297. He had four stolen bases. Now, it's a small sample size, right? But 
the kid does have like a serious talent. And one thing I will say is, you know, what he did in college and, you know, what we're expecting him to do and being the number one pick overall, you know, we could see him being torpedoed up and being, being in the bigs in the next two to three years and really making an impact. Now he's my number 12th prospect, but this is more for a dynasty pick, right? So like in redraft and keeper leagues, like I'm not looking at him. This is only if you have minor league spots. This is a guy that I'm definitely drafting, you know, with that number 12 pick and I'll feel very comfortable about it. He's very good. Oh uh, yeah, Matt. Uh, I, I love Jackson holiday as well. The one thing I will add is that he, yeah, he struck out 12 times. He walked 25 times. So the guy just showing that uh, plate discipline early on, uh, he's, he's just a beast. Like you said, he's uh, right modeling his game after his dad. And I currently have Jackson holiday a little bit lower than you. I have Jackson holiday as my number 14 overall prospect. And I think you hit the, anal- uh, the analysis right on the head with the sense that he's not somebody that you really need to look at in, in a redraft at the moment because he 99% uh, chance that he is not coming up this year. He's still only 19 years old, 6'1", 175. So he still has to come into that man body. He needs to move up a couple of levels. We need to see what he can do in AA and AAA. And, you know, that's, uh, th- that's pretty much the you know, thought process here with uh, Jackson Holiday. But before we move on here, if you're like me, you have a full-time job, you like to hit the gym sometimes, you need a quick snack that isn't high on calories but still tastes great, then you got to try some Built Bar, guys. Uh, I'm not sure how they do it, but Built Bar, you know, uh, has these bars that taste delicious while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they're healthy for you. Built Bars only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. They come in unbelievable flavors like cookie and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puff. And guess what? Now you don't even have to wait around to get a box because for years we've been talking about getting your Built Bars at Built.com. And now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. And man, those Built Bars are just something you definitely need to try. But with that being said, we have some more prospects um, coming up for you. Matt, you want to take the lead on this next guy here? Yes, sir. Um, That's Mr. James Wood. He's a really nice player. You know, he's my number 15th prospect right now. Uh, I'm loving him. The only problem is he's going to be on the Nationals. (laughs) Right now, Nationals just aren't a hot team. So, like, you know, you really got nothing that you could say about a kid's 20 years old. He was drafted in 2020. Uh 2021, I apologize, as the in round two, um, 62nd pick overall. Um, in the minors in 2022, he had 291 at-bats, 70 runs, 12 home runs, 62 ribbies, 20 stolen bases, and batted at 313. Now, that's really nice. Now, uh, James Wood, it could be an absolute solid guy. I really want to see what he's going to do this year, if he can step into his man body and Really go at it because he's um what, six foot seven. Oh God, he is. Yeah, he's got the man body. Yeah. Already. I was gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize. Oh my God, this guy is big. He's a big boy. So he's six heaven, two hundred and forty pounds at, at twenty years old. Like anything's possible with this kid. I don't know if he's gonna get the call this year. Let's see where I actually haven't projected because I have to actually look this stuff up. Um, I haven't projected for twenty twenty four. So again. This is somebody I don't think will even get a play this year unless it's a cup of coffee at the end of the year. So like in keeper leagues and so, and whatnot, or even just in any league, let's put it this way. After you draft, go to your waiver wire, put them on your watch list, 
And then, you know, if you're listening here and you hey, hey, Wood is getting called up, then, you know, you're going to go pick up your, yourself some James Wood and that six, seven monstrosity of a body and see what happens and if he can mash it up when he gets that call. Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big James Woods fan. And uh, I think you're right in analysis that he probably only gets maybe, you know, a cup of coffee, maybe he gets called up after the All-Star break. He's definitely, I don't think, starting the year with a big league team because they want to keep that control over him. But once again, at 6'7", 240, the upside on this kid is um, unbelievable. I've heard a lot of Aaron Judge comps for James Wood. You know, he's another guy that, yeah, he he uh, struck out 75 times last year, but he walked 50 times. Great plate discipline. He has a plus power at 60 grade, plus run at 60 grade. So he could even wind up being, you know, and I'm 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 gonna like speculate about his prime here. I think he could wind up being like a 40 bomb, you know, 25 steal type of guy when he, you know, gets it going in the big league. So he's somebody you definitely want to keep an eye on. As Matt said, throw him on your watch list. And if he does get called up, uh, you know, I think he's somebody that I'm just looking to grab right away. I have James Wood as my number 12 prospect overall headed into this year, and just the sky is the limit for James Wood. Now we have another son of a you know former great. We are going to talk about us some uh, Drew Jones here. Drew Jones is the son of Andrew Jones. He actually has you know he uh, I believe he had a shoulder issue and he had to get surgery on that shoulder. I think it was just like a few days even after he got drafted. So you know it kind of kind of stinks to see that. But Drew Jones is 6'4", 180. He's still, you know, got to come into that man body a little bit. Very tall, but still put on a little bit more weight to match that six foot four frame. He has not played yet in uh, the minor league system, so I cannot give you, you know, any any statistics uh, for him you know, as far as the MLB goes. But with, uh, you know, Drew Jones, he is uh, his field is above uh, fielding grades above average at seventy. His uh, power tool is at sixty. His run is at seventy. His hit is at fifty five. So the kid is plus in every single category, and I just think he winds up, you know, having a similar career to his dad. A lot of power, very good glove. He's somebody, once again, that's not probably coming up till maybe 2025 at the soonest. But I have Drew Jones ranked as my – where do I have – I have Drew Jones ranked as my number 13 prospect right behind James Wood. Just somebody to keep an eye on, uh, especially in your dynasty leagues and stuff like that. You know, uh, he's somebody, if you can go out there and trade for him before he plays, I think that's definitely a smart move to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Drew Jones is my 18th. You know, this is a startup dra- dynasty or rookie draft going in this year where I'm just like, okay, let's scoop him up. Let's see what can happen. And you can kind of like talk somebody and be like, yo, he's he got a hurt shoulder. You don't know what he's going to do. This may set him back. You can actually like, so here's the thing I like to do with, um, with when I do trades too. I like to like kind of like talk people down that I'm trying to get and be like, ah, you know, I'm doing you a favor by taking him off your hands. How many times have I done that to you? You know, uh, you've tried a few times. Yeah. Sometimes you're successful. Sometimes you're not. You got to shoot your yeah. shot. If you got, oh, that, of course. if you got that real gullible guy in your league and he's like, Oh, you know, I got Drew Jones and like, I don't know what to do. I'd be like, oh, man, I don't know either. I don't know what to do if I were you. How about this? You know, I really like this guy on your team. Like talk about somebody completely else. And then talk about a prospect you want to get rid of and then be like, yo. So like, how about this? I package this guy for him and Drew Jones. And then just talk down Drew Jones and say, I don't know if he's even going to play this year. How much? It may be 2027 before he gets called up. There was something outrageous. Make him feel bad about it and then scoop him up. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. Matt, you're killing me with that one. That is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, you know. Matt's yeah. got the hatery for his fellow fantasy players uh, today. You know, not even so much for, like, the actual players, but his uh, his his, t- his uh, league mates in fantasy. 
Hey, you gotta, you know what you gotta do, whatever you gotta do to just get that trade done. I mean, life is vicious. It's not a, it's not a fair thing, you know, but let's move on here. I've had enough. <laughs> and let's talk about one of my favorite prospects too. Like this is a guy I am targeting everywhere in, in dynasty leagues. That's Mr. Kyle Manzardo. I really do like this kid. He, he is an intriguing talent and he's got a little weird mustache and it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> he's 20, he's 22 years old. Um, <laughs> He's about six foot one, 205 pounds. I like that combo right there. So, you know, he's got somewhat of a man body going on there. And he had a pretty good year last year. He had, uh, we call it, 324 at-bats, 71 runs, 26 doubles, one triple, 22 bombs, 81 ribbies, a stolen base, and batted 327. I really like that 327. And had all that, too. He only struck out 65 times and walked 59. So, it says that he has patience behind the uh, behind the plate. He's not swinging at everything. You know, he could be an OBP guy, which is really nice. And I just, I'm I'm really a, a big fan of of Kyle Manzardo. Reason why he's not in like my top ten or you know, top top five or whatnot is because of the fact he's not a five tool guy yet. Now they're not saying that's something that can happen, but that's usually what it takes for you to be in like my top notch things. Like I like grabbing guys that just do it all. Um, you'll see as the year goes on that that's just like my little weakness, you know, but anyway, I honestly just draft them with confidence when you're going into your dynasty drafts. And I don't know if I'm drafting them yet in, in real baseball for my redraft leagues. I don't know what exactly when he's going to come up, if he comes up. So he's another waiver wire, you know, watch list or your last pick of the draft and see what happens. If he breaks camp, if you're drafting before, you know, they announced final team uh, roster. Oh, I'm sorry about that, people. I didn't realize my phone volume was still on. It's all I, good. I, don't, I apologize. Don't let it happen again. <laughs> Just don't. So <laughs> let's let's get into some Kyle Manzardo here. Uh, I believe he does come up this year. I know the Rays have been, you know, haven't really been known for fast-tracking their prospects, but I think Manzardo is a little different in the sense that, as Matt said, very good plate discipline. The guy has shown that he can, you know, hit the ball very well he succeeded in uh you know double a last year and double a is you know one of the tougher leagues um his hit his hit rate is very great at 65 his power is good at 55 the only thing is you know i don't think he's ever going to be a steals guy because he's kind of slow his sprint speed is very low and his run grade is a 30 and as we said you know 50 is average and if he the, the, the expert you know um scout guys are grading him a 30 run that doesn't uh, you know seem to fare too well for him i'm a little bit lower on kyle manzardo i have him as my uh, 21st prospect overall so uh I'm, I'm as far as prospects go you know overall like dynasty leagues i'm not super high on him but for redraft this year if you want to take if you're in a 15 man or an al only and you want to take a shot on somebody at the end of your draft uh, kyle manzardo could be a guy who comes up this year and makes a little bit of noise but once again, I'm not truly banking on Manzardo. But let's move on to our next guy here, and that is Ricky Tiedemann. Uh, you know, starter. He uh, he took the league by storm, well, the minor leagues by storm last year, as far as I know. You know, nobody was really on Ricky Tiedemann, and he just came out of nowhere and uh, absolutely dominated across three levels. So Ricky Tiedemann last year had five wins, four losses, two one seven ERA, eighteen starts, seventy eight innings pitched. 117 Ks and 086 whip and hitters hit 149 against him. 
And the thing with Ricky is, once again, you know, Matt and I have been talking about man bodies a lot here today, you know, and it's getting it's getting a little weird for me to keep uh, talking about these young guys and their man bodies. But hey, boy, Ricky Tiedemann is there. Ricky Tiedemann is six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds at twenty years old. And I could see him maybe getting the shot this year at some point. I don't think he's going to make the the club right away. But, you know, as I said, you know, he's he's showing that he can, uh, you know, handle himself. Uh, he, you know, he sits around, um, you know, 95, 96, and uh, he's got some good, you know, um, uh, breaking stuff as far as his pitching goes. He's got a 65 grade fastball. He's got a 70 grade changeup, and he's got a 55 grade slider. So that's three plus pitches for Mr. Ricky Tiedemann. And uh, I think I have him as my number four starting pitch. Oh, no, number five starting pitcher behind Hunter Brown. Uh, Painter, Yuri Perez, and Grayson, and I have him overall as my 15th overall prospect. Uh, I think Ricky Tiedemann is somebody who should definitely be start uh, targeting in like a startup dynasty or you know uh, uh, a keeper league that's going on for a long time, something like that. Uh, Ricky Tiedemann, I think, is going to be fantastic. Yeah, Tiedemann is definitely a dynasty play. I like Tiedemann; he's my number 19th uh, pro- prospect on my rankings. The only thing about Tiedemann is he only pitched 78 innings next uh, last year. So, like, if anything, he might get the cup yes. of coffee at the end of the year. I don't see him breaking camp whatsoever, even coming up to the Super 2 or after All-Star. I think, if anything, this is going to be one of those, like, hey, it's the end of the year. Let's see what pitcher is hurt. That that could also thrust him up, too. But um, let's see, like, it could be injury, and it could be earlier, or it could be the end of the season, let's give him a cup of coffee, and somebody's not pitching well. And, I mean, there's a possibility with that, with that uh, staff. I mean, outside of what, like, Gosman and – I'm drawing a blank on who else is on that. Alec staff. Manoa. Manoa. Like those are the and they two. Picked st- up, they picked up Chris Bassett. Yeah. I'm not a fan of him this year with the pitching clock, but we'll get into him later yeah. in the year. Yeah, we'll he's talk on, about him later. He's on my bus list. Um, So, you know, I think if anything, he might be able to come up and take Bassett's job at the end of the season. Cause Bassett's going to trouble uh, struggle with that um, pitching clock for sure. Um, But anyway, that's just generally how I see it's going to play out. But, you know, Let's go on here. Next up, we're going to talk about, guys, uh, the pro- prospects 18 through 20. But before that, we have to talk about our friend Lindsay, who was on the show yesterday. You know, I think he did a fantastic job breaking down everything yesterday. And if you liked what he did yesterday, I'm going to say yesterday about five more times. You know, I think you should go and check him out at Lo- on Locked On Prospects. You know, the guy's an encyclopedia of, uh, of just knowledge on these guys, giving a way more in-depth perspective on just real baseball and whatnot, and he, he really breaks it down to how these guys are going to be able to come up, move up the rankings and things like that, and actually earn some playing time. So it is vital information to learn. And we got somebody else we got to talk about here, and um, it's a great sponsor. And here at Locked On, we're super excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA, NBA season is here, and now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, the America's number one sports book. New customers get a, a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back. If your bet does not win, just download FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can get can get can bet on everything from money lines, points scored, and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets for, for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your first no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you get, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel's uh FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official the official sports betting partner of the NBA. So without 
further ado, Dom, I think you got you like him a little bit more than me, so I'm gonna let you take him. I don't think either one of us are too high on him, but that's uh, Francisco Alvarez of the New York Mets. Matt and I are both uh, consistently lower than you know where everyone has him ranked. Uh, he's the number three overall ranked prospect as far as you know MLB is concerned. And I currently have him at number 17, but that might even wind up dropping before uh, the season starts. The thing with Alvarez is the he has a 55 hit tool. He has a 70 power, 55 arm, but the run's at 30. The fielding's at 45. Uh, you know, he's 5'10", stocky guy at 233. You know, so he's 21. The man body's there. Uh, similar to Miguel Vargas, he kind of got that cup of coffee at the game, uh, end of last year, and he didn't really show anything. I mean, very small sample size. There's actually only five games. I thought it was a few more. But, you know, I mean, I guess we'll see. Last year in the minors, Francisco Alvarez hit 260 over 112 games, 74 runs, 27 bombs, 78 RBIs, no steals, uh, and the strikeout rate was a little bit high. The thing is also, who knows what the Mets' plan is for him? You know, they get rid of James McCann, but then, they're you know, you're like, okay, then Alvarez has the job, right? No, they, they pull a Mets-type move, and they get Omar Narvaez, who's, you know, a veteran that they paid, you know, some money for. So Narvaez is probably going to wind up starting there. So it's just very tricky how to gauge Francisco Alvarez as far as, you know, fantasy goes. I'm not really going out of my way to get Francisco Alvarez. There's a lot, a lot of good catchers. Uh you know, this year, maybe in a two catcher league, I would, might target Alvarez as my second catcher. And, you know, that's that's not a bad move. But once again, if you're just in a regular redraft league, one catcher, he's Francisco Alvarez is not somebody that I'm targeting. Yeah, no, I mean, so here, here's one thing that always stands out for me when it comes to catchers and what's like a big no, no for me, a short guy that weighs way too much. Right. So like 5'10", 230 pounds. Right. I'm six foot and I weigh two, six foot and I weigh 230 pounds. Like there's a big difference in two inches and a guy that's going to be on his knees, like, you know, bent over like that, <laughs> is just going to have injury problems. You know what he screams to me, Dom? And I hate to do this to the kid. Go was, ahead. He reminds me of somebody else that was on the Yankees. That was supposed to be this great, you know, oh, catching God. prospect. And that could be Gary Sanchez. And I heard he's coming back. He can come back. He's just going to suck <laughs> it up. So like, you know, that's the thing, but I mean, you know, he can't, Here's the thing, though. So I, I talk the negatives now and what I think he could possibly be and how big of a bust he can be. Let's talk about what he did, though, right? So Because his bat seems pretty impressive over 2022. And in 411 at-bats, he had 74 runs, 22 doubles, 27 home runs, 78 ribbies. He walked 70 times, had 123 strikeouts, but batted 260. You know, I'm not really, like, crazy about those stats other than that home run, home run number. So... It's just like he is what he is. He's very mad to me. And he's just hyped up because he's on the Mets <laughs> and he's a catcher. So like, you know, when it comes to catchers, if you're getting that kind of numbers, yeah, it's great. But at the same time, I'm not chasing it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fair, fair enough, brother. I, I definitely hear you on that. I think we're both in sync. He's not somebody that we're currently targeting for, um, you know, redraft leagues at all. Dynasty leagues, you know, I mean, you, you could feel free to take a shot on him, but I really wouldn't go super high on him either. Mm-mm. And in those formats either. Oh, I didn't say what he was for me. He was 23, just a heads up. Oh, yeah, so Matt and I are both way, way lower than consensus on uh, Francisco Alvarez. But let's move on to somebody that I actually I actually really, really like. I got a little bit of a, a man crush on this guy, I'll be honest, and that's Zach Veen, uh, outfielder of the Colorado Rockies. I know Matt likes to throw around the term uh, Mr. Steal Your Girl, 
And I might have to steal the term from Matt to talk about Zach Veen here. Because uh, let me read you off what Zach Veen did last year across two levels. Batting average leaves room to be desired. But uh, Zach Veen has a hit tool of 60. And, uh, you know, I, I think he'll wind up figuring it out. And he's still only, I believe, 21 years old. So Zach Veen last year, 245 batting average. Once again, a little low, but I think he can improve on that. 126 games, 84 runs. He had 23 doubles, 3 triples, 12 bombs. 67 RBIs and 55 steals. Uh, he he steals everything under the sun. And uh, in 2021, here's the thing: uh, in A-ball, uh, Zach Veen hit 301, 106 games, 83 runs, 27 doubles, four triples, 15 bombs, 75 RBIs, and 36 steals. So I think so, once again, and he's also going to go up and play in chorus. So, you know, once he get, eventually gets the call, could be this year, maybe next year. really depends on what the Rockies want to do with their team and him. There's definitely – the spots are definitely there for him if they want to call him up, but we'll see what happens because it's not going to be a very competitive team. But Zach Veen is also six foot four, 190 pounds. So we already know he can steal bases if he puts on, you know, 10 pounds of muscle, gets up to the 200-pound 6'4". You're talking about a guy that can steal 40, 50 bases and hit you maybe 20 – 25 home runs so 25 might be a little bullish but 20-ish home runs uh that's that that could wind up being an extreme talent for fantasy baseball so once again as matt and i've been saying zach veen is somebody you throw on the watch list and you be prepared to call uh pick him up if he gets called up yeah i like zach veen he's like my 20th prospect right now I'm... oh damn i didn't say we're half him ranked i'm sorry it's okay I, I have zach veen as my 23rd prospect okay so i'm actually a little higher um fair enough but uh, I like Zach Veen for this, you know, for stealing bases. You know, he could rob you blind without you even noticing. But um, what I really like is the fact that he's young enough and he's in the Rockies that's going to make a big difference, like Dom said. And, you know, I just want to see that man body come through. I am projected to come up for 2024. But let's move on to our last prospect here, and that's Mr. Elijah Green. Elijah is my 18th overall prospect. He's oh, about. Wow. Yeah, he's um, six foot three, two hundred twenty-five pounds. That's part of the reason, you know. Nice center fielder, and um, you know he was drafted by the Nationals, which is the only downside. <laughs> Sorry, National fans, but you know, it, I, I think he's going to be great. Um, you know, last year he had um, let's see here, he had um, forty-three at bats, nine runs, four doubles, no triples, two two home runs, nine ribbies, one stolen base. Uh, and it batted 302. He didn't really have much of a chance to play, being that he was what 19 years old. I think this year is kind of going to be the year that you know we get to experience and see what he can actually do with you know probably at least a, I would hope a couple hundred at bats to really get us get a real nice feeling for what he can do and then go from there. So, you know, way I'm looking at it too is he might be up 2025, he might be up next year, depending on what his development looks like in the, this season. Um, and again, he's only, only a dynasty play, but Hey, you know what? You're going to take this episode. You're going to write him down, you know, for next year in your redraft leagues. If we're talking about him again, he's going to be called up. Just know we were already on him and that you already just highlighted him. And I just put another check for, Hey, I'm probably going to draft him. You know, it's nice to have aware of these prospects and just keep them in the bank. Yeah, he's actually another son of a professional athlete. Elijah Green is the son of pro bowl tight end, Eric Green. Uh, which I did not know until just a few seconds ago. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act like I did. But you know, his, if his dad played in the NFL, that uh, you know adds. It's it's actually very funny because 
he's behind Drew Jones and Jackson Holiday, who dads also played, you know, professional, uh, you know, baseball. And it's just funny that they're the top three guys and all their dads play. It kind of just shows you that, you know, kind of runs in the family sometimes. But with Elijah Green, I have him as my number 25 prospect. The thing is, is he only really played in rookie ball. And, you know, guys that are just athletic and built like that can always succeed in rookie ball. Kind of want to see what the kid does this year when he moves up a few levels. He gets the high A, he gets the double A. Let's see if he can continue to do what he did in rookie ball across those leagues. Once again, not really a redraft, a redraft guy with Elijah Green. In your dynasty leagues, he's definitely a target, though, somebody that you could be looking at. If you do a rookie draft, maybe in that third, fourth round, uh, if he you know if he hangs around, it probably wouldn't target him much higher than that. But, you know, definitely a name to keep in mind. Once again, Elijah Green of the Washington Nationals, you know, 19 years old. Uh, got the thing is the hit, hit rate is 45, so maybe he won't be a huge average guy, 250, 260, but he's a plus power and a plus run power, 60 grade, run is 70 grade. And once again, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Elijah Green, just kind of want to see what he does a little bit more, you know, before I fully, you know, hop on the, the bandwagon there of his. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, but guys, uh, you know, that's all for today. You know, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Also, check out our website, which is in our link tree. Uh, the website has Matt and I's rankings. It has a lot of information about us. It also, you can have access to every single episode. You can find those there. Um, also, thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. And once again, you got to make our boy Lindsay, you know, Lindsay Crosby, who was on the podcast yesterday. Go check that one out. Guy is an encyclopedia of prospect knowledge and his own podcast is Locked on MLB Prospects. You can find it on YouTube and all podcasting apps. But, guys, you know, uh, once again, until tomorrow, or we'll actually, we'll be back on Monday. I lied. We'll be back on Monday. Check us out then, guys. Peace.